Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into another episode of the Money Insights Podcast, the alternative wealth building podcast for high income earners. My name's Christian Allen, and with me, as always, is my co host. Rod the Pod Zabriski. Rod, what is up, man? Hey, doing great. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. I was gonna I was debating whether to go Rod or Rodney. And the good I, news is, is it just doesn't matter. I was prepared either way. Hey, but guess what? This is a big day. This is a big day. Oh, mon- would you say it's monumental? It is monumental. Absolutely. Okay. Is it monumental for more than the reason that we just showed, which is that we changed our tagline? Yes. Okay. Well, first monumental boom happening on the show is the tagline change. And the second is what? I think I figured out your nickname. <laughs> I'll be, well, I'll be the judge of that, Rod. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing I have, I'm down to two. Okay. I think I have okay. the one that I would go with if you said, just give it to me. Okay. Or, or okay. I can put out the two and then we can let the listeners decide. Well, I, I guess like to, to be, to be totally fair, Rod, like you can't give yourself a nickname. So like, I probably shouldn't have like too much say in this, but if it's like really bad, I'll be like, I, I can't do it. But aside from that, as long as it's like, you know, reasonable, it's not the magician, then we will be okay. Okay. It may or may not be the magician, but it's better than just the magician. <laughs> Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So that means that means we have to go with the two because because you said that. So okay. The the two finalists uh-huh. are Christian, the money magician, Alan. Okay, that actually is better. Okay, see, yeah. I, I thought you, you might add like that, that word, and that helps a lot. <laughs> okay, so that's that's okay, number good. one, the first option, and then okay. number two is Christian, the wealthinator, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> okay well i like both <laughs> so okay, i guess we'll leave, right. we'll leave it we'll leave it up to you and uh anyone that wants to chime in yeah so if- email email rod rod at moneyinsightsgroup.com and let him know which which version you like better or if you have some you know completely alternative option then we're open to that too yeah that's an uphill battle but but aside from that though we're gonna go with the voters Okay, okay, okay. Whatever they like whatever it. they do, then that's what we gotta go with. It's gonna be like two to one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or, or I'm sure there's a lot of people. We'll have to have a tie break. Yeah, okay. Well, that's fun, Rod. Good work. Thank you for doing yeah. that. So that is monumental. We've got we've changed the tagline of the yeah. show and we're inching ever so close to having yeah. uh a, a nickname for me. Okay, well, that's exciting. Um, Rod, so today. Our, t- our show title is Multi-Income Stream Mastery. And can I just tell you, I'm pretty sure that this is more likely the reason that people would chime in to catch our show. Um, but I'm hoping that as they listen, like they're thinking, I know these guys are like a little bit quirky and nerdy, but they're kind of fun to listen to. That's like, my- fingers crossed that that's what's happening out there. Rod. All right. Okay. We'll before we get into Multi-Income Stream Mastery, though, quick announcement. Our next live webinar will be September 14th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. That's with Rod and Brennan. The topic, smart leverage, amplifying returns with strategic debt. And can I just tell you, I gave them this topic 
and didn't even tell them. So I just like sprung it on them. And I know though, for a fact that they are going to be ready with dynamite content that will be like impactful stuff. Is that yeah, fair? You set us up well, you gave us a good, a really good topic. So I'm excited. Yeah. 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 I thought it was fun. Okay. Um, so Rob, let's get into our conversation today, which is again, it's about, it's about creating multi multiple income streams. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we want to do is kind of hit on the importance or the reasons why, why we, and so many people emphasize this idea of creating multiple income streams. And we'll talk about kind of what some of those ways are. We'll talk about what some of the opportunities for creating passive investment cash flow is, uh, are, and we'll even try to give some tips and advice on if you're trying to get there, like if you're trying to create, you know, whether it's, whether it's, uh, generational wealth that's passing on from one to the next, whether that's just enough to feel comfortable retiring, we're going to talk about how to get where you want to go. So that's kind of like it. the focus for today. Does that sound good? Sweet. Okay. Yep, Kick good. us off, Rod. Kick us off and tell us why, or at least just give us an idea of like, why is it important? Why are we having this conversation? Why do so many people in the real estate space focus on this idea of multiple income streams? Yeah, well, it's... Uh, well, let's start first with with income, like the passive income idea in general, right? Okay. The whole idea is if you're working today and you have to show up to work every day to to cover your your, your expenses, take care of your family, etc. Uh, but you would rather not have to at some point in the future than working to replace your working income with passive income is the dream, right? That makes the dream yeah. come true. So. Yeah. Now we're just taking it the next step and saying a single source for that income is probably not a good idea. And we'll get into the reasons why some of them are going to be just really obvious. Uh, and so you want to focus on having multiple streams. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So we'll get into that in just a second, but before I do that, um, I was smart enough to ask chat AI a, a really important question, Rod. Okay. And that question was, to give us some historical perspective on wealth building as it relates to creating multiple income streams. And here's what I learned, Rod. This idea is very much not new, very yeah. much not new. In fact, some, some notable people who were, uh, let's call it prolific, let's call it prolific at building wealth through multiple income streams. I didn't know this, Rod. Number one, Benjamin Franklin. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? We know he was like an inventor mm -hmm. and did a hundred other things it felt like. Right. And so it kind of makes sense that writing and all the, all the things that he did, he could create multiple income streams. Uh, he very much did that and created significant wealth by doing that. A couple others, Rod, we're going way back to King Solomon. King Solomon, like, like, like you said, he, there may have been some like ethical challenges here in some of these places. However, King Solomon was, was notably quite wealthy. Is that fair to yeah. say? Absolutely. I think he is it, like the icon as it relates to just like biblical <laughs> wealth. Biblical wealth. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we don't want to like go that far, but, but again, <laughs> apparently King Solomon was, was creating multiple streams of income. I didn't know this one, Rod. Did you know mm -hmm. Genghis Khan had multiple streams of income? It, it doesn't surprise me. He was okay. quite the, I mean, he was brutal, right? He, again, go back yeah. to that building, but, but yeah, no, he, he was like, an icon. Okay, so can I just tell you that my experience with Genghis Khan is mostly from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah, yeah. Um, so one. like, I, I just 
in that show, they don't make him seem like a mastermind as it relates to like creating wealth. Yeah. But more like a barbarian. If you go back, more like a barbarian, <laughs> right? But but either way, apparently King uh, or apparently Genghis Khan uh, was was incredible at building wealth through multiple income streams. And finally, we don't want to leave anyone out. Queen Victoria, I'm sure we left a lot of people out, but Queen Victoria yeah. was also notably good at creating. Okay, so I just brought those up for fun, Rob. Let's talk yeah. about why it actually is important to create multiple income streams. And it's not just something that we throw out there as a good idea because, well, it might help us get there a little faster, although it will, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there's like some very practical, logical reasons why it makes so much sense to do it by creating multiple income streams. Okay, why don't you kick us off with the first one? Yeah, so the first one is financial security. So having a single income stream can be risky. And let's let's start with where a lot of people are now. If you're working and that's your only stream of income, that's risky, right? Yes, quite risky. It can be very risky. Um, what about flexibility, Rod? You just mentioned working on your own terms. Like, yep, that's who, who doesn't want to have that ability? Well, that's the dream. And, and what's interesting is we talk to a lot of different people. And it's, I love that because I'll talk to people who are like, I would love to continue doing my job into my 70s. I just, I enjoy it. That's just the, what brings me you know, kind of joy in my life, that kind of thing. Uh, but I would like to have it on my own terms, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah, I totally, I, I've seen that a ton, right? Whether it's a physician who's developed a really unique skill set, they love mm -hmm. what they do, but you know, maybe they don't want to get the wake up call at like 2 a.m. They want to do <laughs> right. it when, when it makes sense and they're ready to do it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's a big one. Um, this next one, Rod, is a huge one adapting to economic changes. So mm -hmm. this again seems really obvious, but we've seen that, like, okay. Let's just give the most recent obvious example. Those people who had multiple income streams, particularly during this COVID crisis, were in so much a better position than those who didn't, right? Yeah. Especially if they were in a situation where they lost their job or something like that. And one of the reasons is protection against job loss, mm -hmm. right? So, so even especially in economic crisis or difficult times, it it just feels better. It doesn't just feel better. It's more, it's more practical. It's safer to have multiple income streams. Yeah. And it gets into the later point of diversification as well, because the, the shift in economic conditions will impact certain areas, certain categories of investments differently than others. So if you're being hit hard, let's say whatever, like you're, uh, you're in real estate, for example, and interest rates go up and all of a sudden the, the, Financials changed considerably. You, you're not getting the the payouts that you were previously, but you also have other things that have uh, that are continuing and are consistent, uh, even while we're going through the the tough times on the other side. That's an, again this whole diversification idea of multiple streams, yes, and from multiple sources. I have a question for you, Rod. We often talk about it being or being able to achieve like our wealth goals more quickly mm -hmm. by having multiple income streams. Why do you think that is? Uh, to me, the word that comes to mind is velocity and velocity is the idea that you're the quicker you can turn your money over and into the next deal, then the, 
the faster you build that wealth. And, and in this case, the, the kind of accelerated in terms of adding new income streams. So for example, let's take uh, the ATM deal that we've invested in and it is purely cash flow. When we get to the end of the seven years, there's not going to be any asset to show. It's all about the cash flow, but it's it's an accelerated cash flow. We'll we'll get our our money back in four years and then and we can go do that, do something else with that money in the meantime, while the original investment is continuing to produce income for the another three years. So okay. So you're so we'll churning have, and burning that thing, man. Yeah, you get it going and, yep. and multiple keep it streams, multiple streams. So okay, I like it. Um, a couple other thoughts on that, Rod, before we move to our next thought. Tax benefits. Mm-hmm. That's another big reason why it's easier to build wealth through multiple income streams, is because oftentimes, obviously, it depends on where the sources are coming from. But I'll just let's just give an, a really obvious logical example. Let's say that I'm a W-2 earner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I bring the, the, the majority of my income. I'm a physician, whatever it is. Well, I have very few tax opportunities that I can take advantage of in that space. And that, and so what happens then is by bringing in income through another source or multiple yeah. other sources, now I start to unlock the tax code um, and I can actually utilize it to my benefit and you know take advantage of big tax deductions and things like that yeah because the big thing that we that we get is a w-2 earner who decides to invest in real estate and those initial um the bonus depreciation or, or just depreciation in general they can't really do anything with it because they don't have the passive income to offset right yeah but yeah then, exactly. but then they they start to generate those those past passive streams of income so that as time goes on more and more, then they are able to take advantage of those things as they have the passive income and then they are getting those passive losses that offsets. And so they, they just pay fewer taxes as a result. Yep. And so again, it's an acceleration, except in this way, we're accelerating the minimization of taxes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, how do you accelerate minimization, Rod? We just did it. Yep. We just did it. Uh, okay. Okay, Rod, let's talk a little bit about the difference between active and passive income, because I do think yeah. that's important. Break it down for us, uh, just so that there's not any ambiguity as it relates to what we're talking about here. Yeah, so active income is just specifically talking about mo- money that's earned that you have to show up every day to, to make happen, right? So you could be a business owner, like we talked about the W-2, but may- maybe if you're not a W-2, uh, you-, you own your own business, but still, if you have to show up every day, to create those distributions that come to you, then that still is considered active income. Mm, okay. Passive income is the the flip side of that. If you don't have to show up, no matter like whether you're there or not, income that's produced and comes to you, then that's the that falls onto the passive side. So there and, and there can be some places where where there's crossover. So for example, if you are a business owner and and some of the income that you take is as a result of you showing up every day but some of it's not like it's a large corporation or or large business has different facets to it and some of those distributions are coming to you uh usually in that case what you're doing is you're splitting up and having multiple business entities so that you can separate those out and have the passive income come a different way but but the point is that that as much as possible we want to shift that to the passive side yeah, that's where the safety is. That's where the freedom is, right? Those are all the why it's important to have. Those are all the, th- the reasons we talked about. 
Um, okay, Rod, let's talk a little bit about examples of passive income um, because there. I said that we want to we want to try to eliminate ambiguity, but can I just tell you from experience, Rod, there is quite a bit of it. There's a lot of gray area. So let's talk about some examples of passive income investments, passive income stream opportunities, and then, you know, we'll take it from there. So what are some examples, Rod, that you think of when you're thinking of ways to create passive uh, multiple streams of income? I think the easiest one and the one that probably most people think of first is is real estate, whether that be a, a rental property or a REIT or a syndication or, uh, you know, you name it, like there are a million different ways that you can invest in real estate and create passive income. And I would say among the people that we work with, the vast majority of them, if not all of them in some form have real estate as part of what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's accurate too. Um, and, and most often it's like, like some like syndication real estate, mm -hmm. or it's even like their own you know, homes that they're purchasing and things like that. But that's, yeah. that's far and away the most common thing that we see, but it doesn't have to be that. Right. So yeah. everybody's different. Your lifestyle's different. The way that we do things, there's a whole bunch of ways to create passive income. And we're even going to hit on some that uh, you probably wouldn't expect from us. The next one, Rod, is stock dividends and bond interest. Here's the deal. If you're a passive investor, that doesn't necessarily mean you're an alternative passive investor. In that situation, you might just love the idea of sitting back and and if we're being very honest, like other than maybe the the decision as to what to purchase on the front end, mm -hmm. there's not very many things that are a lot more passive than stock dividends and you know interest on a bond. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, it certainly fits that that passive income stream category. Yeah, I have a fun story for that. So our son uh, Jefferson, he's eighteen. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably six months ago, he he went out and bought some stocks. And he, so he went through the whole thing of like, well, how do you know what to buy, et cetera, you know, creating goals and stuff. Well, one I'm of proud of him wanted, already, by the way. Yeah. One of the things he wanted was to have uh, at least some that were dividend paying stocks. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's great. Like he'll he'll look at his app. And and it'll just his face lights up and he's like, oh man, I just got like two bucks or whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> it's these amounts that you're. Just I love like, oh, it. That, that's great, Jefferson. But just the idea, it's just he, he's that's money that it just appeared out of nowhere because he invested in these dividend stocks. So anyway, well, and gonna... it's one of those things where you have to be intentional about it, right? Like money yeah. doesn't get invested for you; you have to actually do it. And if you want it to be passive then you probably better look for opportunities that are passive. Now, that is one of the great, like one of the biggest benefits, probably also one of the the most, you know, one of the main reasons people end up in the traditional space is because it's so easy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So stocks are a really easy way to do it. We're going to talk about other things. Um, and when we talked about real estate, we didn't even talk about like REITs, which is another way that basically you can buy a REIT that feels exactly like a stock, right? Yeah. That's, essentially the exact same thing you're buying it on the, um in your real your uh mutual fund portfolio and the goal of the REIT they they have to pay out at least 90% of the money that go that or of the income that they get mm -hmm. so most of them will pay more than that but an another nice vehicle that's super passive is yeah and it's a good REIT it's not unlike a syndication in the sense that you're uh joining in with many other people in in buying 
a property or a group of properties, but it 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 man it's managed differently and it flows differently. Okay, Rod, there's a ton of them. Can I go through some? Yeah, Can I just name a few that might be helpful for people. Okay, so we talked about dividend stocks, bonds, real estate, rentals, REITs, peer-to-peer -peer lending, high-yield savings account, annuities. Annuities are one that we've talked about recently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we're earning interest with you know little effort. Royalties from intellectual property, affiliate marketing, digital products, ebooks, online courses. This is an interesting one, Rod. You sent me an article um, yesterday. Sent me an mm -hmm. article yesterday. And it was talking about how retirees can create more passive income streams. And one of them was basically using their unique skill set to create things like online courses and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. And I thought that's a really cool way that you can do it. But, oh, Rod, here's a good one. Here's number 12 is my favorite, vending machines. Okay, so I have a story about vending machines. And, you know, what's funny is I was going through this list that, that we'd created. And I actually didn't think about my experience with vending machines. In my head, as I was going through it, I was like, Okay, vending machines could be passive. Um, but then Rod was kind enough to remind me that I have <laughs> actually done some work in the vending machine world. Okay, so really quick, I was I was 22 years old. I went in, uh, my brother convinced me, my older brother, he's four or five years older. He convinced me to go work with him on these vending machines. Now, full transparency, I'm not sure if I even had to put any money in. He was like, I, I had okay. no money at the time, right? So I had a little, I think I might've put a little bit of money in, but he was, he was covering like the, the bulk of it. And it was like, it was like 12, five or something like that. But we took this money and he was like, okay, okay, Chris, we're going to work together. And he calls me Chris, really nobody else does, but yeah. And you call says, him hey, Bob Chris, and nobody else does that. Either, and nobody right? does it only in the family. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird when Rod's like, Rod's like, Hey Bob, I'm like, who's, who's Bob uh, anyway. Okay. That's the side. So back to this story though. We decide we're going to go buy vending machines and we figure what a great way to earn passive income, right? Get the vending machine set up. People are going there. They're eating up some candy, sticking those quarters in there. Okay. We made, a, we made several mistakes. Mistake number one is if you're going to do vending machines, do not do the cheap quarter vending machines. Bad idea. For uh, like, uh, like to like bubble gum or or yeah none of that Skittles like yeah like it's it's bad yeah like yeah like the skittle ones they you know you put it in there you twist a little and it comes out like that you yep. remember seeing in grocery stores yeah uh well apparently those are really easy to break into because like half the time we'd go to collect the money the candy would be gone but there would be no money in it <laughs> <laughs> okay Next. but it gets worse rod i just have a couple other points of those oh remembering it is painful so we hired a guy to place the vending machines for us. Mm -hmm. And it, this guy was recommended to us from the company we bought the vending machines from. So we hire this seems guy, credible. Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah, seems credible. We hire Ronnie. He comes driving to Utah from, I, I don't know where he was from. I think it was from <laughs> like three states away in this like old beat up green minivan. And he's like, oh yeah, I got this. And we're like, okay, I guess he knows. Well, he, he proceeded to place the vending machines almost exclusively in places he had already placed vending machines. Okay. In fact, he went as far as to not tell people that he was placing vending machines there. So we had people like yelling oh. at us mad that this dude had like put a vending machine in their building. And we're like, Oh my, what? Anyway. So can I just tell you, Rod, vending machines may or may not belong on this list. I don't know. Like, I guess if you got like the, 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 
the dollar bill ones, or if you had a good vending machine business that was like, like more quality vending machines, I don't have as much experience with that, but I can just tell you the cheap 25 cent vending machines. I would just avoid them at all costs. Well, and I think the moral of the story is you have to have someone else running it. Otherwise it's not passive. If you're the one running around collecting the cash. Yeah. Well, here was our thought. We were like, you know, taking an hour to a couple hours once or twice a month to go grab some cash, like no big deal. Right. Like it's, it's kind of fun. You hang out with your brother, share some stories, talk sports or whatever, and pick up some quarters. Yeah. Well, when you're 22 and you need money, that sounds like an okay idea. Yeah. Um, but in practice, it turned out very, very different. Okay. So anyway, right. there's my story about vending machines. And I would just tell people, avoid vending machines. Um, okay. But there's a bunch of others. Let me give you a few more and then we'll move on from okay. this. ATM ownership, Rod, you already hit on that. Mm-hmm. We can tell you from experience, ATM ownership does work. And um, it is very much a passive deal. Website ads, drop shipping, storage units, laundromats car washes, oil and gas investments. I mean, there's there's seven or eight more that I could list out here. Franchises. Oh boy, don't get me on franchises. So <laughs> franchises are another one that uh, Rod and I have experience with. And of course, if you've listened to our pod over the last couple of years and like heard us tell stories, it was also very much not a passive investment. So not passive and not a good experience, but. And not a good experience. So, but, but to be fair, like I do know that people do have really great experiences yeah. with franchises just because we didn't have it with that one, with that particular franchise doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. But anyway, that's just some ideas to get people's brains moving, right? Give an yeah, idea of like what's out there on that one though. I would expand that to just say any business ownership of, of your own business or someone else's business. And then when, when it comes time and you're like selling your business, then a lot of times you might the person who's buying you out might buy you out over time. And so we've seen situations where there have been pretty significant uh, payouts for that, but it was over a a 10 year period of time or something. And so it was an amazing passive stream of income for those people. Well, I can tell you, Rod, the business today, Money Insights is far more passive than the uh, spot ever was. Thanks to... A little bit of like infrastructure, you know, it, it keeps yeah. rolling. It just keeps well, rolling. And just a teaser here. When we, when we get into the tips, we will tell you why that is the case. Okay. Well, man, that is a good teaser. Okay. Rod, those are some examples of passive income streams. Let's start to talk a little bit about tips on how people should go about building multiple. So we've hit on why it's important. Mm-hmm. We've talked about... <laughs> some historical people of significance. So that might be <laughs> the highlight it. of the show. Did it. Yeah. We got the significant <laughs> historical people. And then last but not least, we're not going to let you go without giving some tips on how to actually get this thing going. Okay. So Rod, kick us off. Yeah. Well, the first one is to start small and, and this is true in, in anything, any large endeavor, you have to start, you have to pick a starting point somewhere and uh, you can't get to multiple streams of income until you have at least one. So uh, so find some way that, you know, that exhaustive list we just went through and say, oh, I, I think that one is doable. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a try and, and go get started. Right. I don't know if I'm going to harp on every one of these. I'm just going to pick out a handful that I think that let's just pick out some that we think really okay. like pop to us. So I really like this one, Rod, because it goes in line with your first point, which was like getting start, start small, mm-hmm. but 
you've got to do it by leveraging your strengths, mm -hmm. right? That's so much better than going into something that you have no idea about, like two guys in the finance space deciding to own a day spa. Yeah. Like, and that, there's better ways to do that. Yeah. You're, you're unveiling my teaser because that is it. You talked about how money insights and, and the passive and that kind of thing. Yeah. We, we happen to know a little bit about the financial space and, and building a business here. Uh, and it, and, and it's taken years to do it, right? Like it wasn't just like overnight, sure. but a little bit different than our, uh, our exam experience in the spa. <laughs> well, that's why it's a good idea to leverage your strengths, right? Yep. Um, what is popping out on our list for you? Uh, I mean, the continual learning I think is a huge thing uh, because if you're going to start small and you want to add to that and you're going to be diversifying and these other things that we've talked about, then you want to keep your eyes out, keep, you know, continue to learn about different opportunities and the experience that you have in one category will lend itself to opportunities in other categories. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, Rod, we don't often talk about this, but I do think this is really important, especially if you're in a situation where you can do everything possible to start reinvesting profits. Mm hmm right? You have to go in with a plan on that from the, from the onset. Cause here's what I can tell you. It's really difficult to need money and plan to reinvest profits. Right. right. So that might be another tip is like, get started on the right foundation mm -hmm. because going into, um, a situation like, you know, starting a brand new, trying to create multiple income streams, trying to start a new business, especially, uh, yeah. can be really difficult if you don't have that kind of foundational element in line. So, you know, and then, but reinvesting profits gives you the opportunity to create velocity. It's kind of yeah. like what you said in, in when we're talking about the ATM fund, you get it moving, reinvesting, and then it gives you an opportunity to expand that and create multiple income streams into a plethora of different investments that's far more diversified. Yeah, I'll tell you what though, it takes discipline. Because when you start seeing that flowing, like, you know, go back to Jefferson and these, you know, a couple dollar di dividends that he's uh -huh. been, he is reinvesting those. Like, it would be easy for him to take that off and go buy a burger with it. Well, you can't buy a burger with two, for two bucks, but you get the point. <laughs> uh, uh, so he could Well, if he had that. a big dividend, maybe. If Yeah, when, when it piles up over a couple of months and he's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to take all these out and go. <laughs> um, but, but no, staying disciplined, reinvesting it, creating that compounding effect and the velocity to really build towards something that, that will be meaningful later. Okay, Rod, a couple other thoughts. We always tell people this. We always tell people that leverage is like the key to building wealth. Yeah. Becoming over leveraged is the key to losing your wealth. Yeah. Right. So while it's important to have conservative leverage, that's kind of our coined phrase. Mm -hmm. We would say also make sure to avoid too much debt while you're building up your your multiple streams of income because again it'll come to a crashing halt if you get over leveraged too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing and on top of that rod i'll just maybe i'll just throw another one out there be protected from a from a legal perspective too because yeah. just like uh, becoming over leveraged can be a major setback you can you know crush all of your work if suddenly you're hit with a lawsuit or something else, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. So, so being smart, pr asset protection, those kind of things are super important. Yeah. And then the last thing is just stay patient and persistent. 
people know from from this show we we are not the guys that are going to tell you how to get rich overnight or or at least expect that's going to happen it does take patience it takes persistence it takes the other things we've talked about getting staying educated staying disciplined having a plan sticking to it etc okay to be fair though rod you can't you, you can't do it overnight unless you get some you know crazy inheritance or yeah. win the lottery um, which i guess is possible however rod i would suggest this it doesn't have to take a long time either, right? right? So, I, I mean, I, I guess it's about perspective, but if you said, well, let's put it this way, Rod. If you said, Christian, what's your net worth? What was your net worth 10 years ago in comparison today? There is a massive, massive difference in that. And so, like, you know, over XYZ period of time, I was able to go from a place where, well, you get it, right? Like yeah. To a place of financial independence. So my point isn't to say like, I'm cool. My point is to say it doesn't have to take forever, right? right. It can yeah. be a relatively um, fast process, especially if you're disciplined, you're persistent, all those things that we talked about. Yep. Okay, Rod, before we, before we go, I want to just hit on some common pitfalls that people kind of can get into a trap on, right? So yeah. some things to think about as we go into this. What are the misconceptions and pitfalls around creating multiple incomes or really just creating passive income in general? Right. One of them, set it and forget it myth. It's a myth, right? Like, especially at the very beginning, you've got to put time, effort, energy into it, even in passive income streams, so that they're on the right foundation and can go on creating the passive income that you want. At that point, there are a few set it and forget it. But if I'm being honest, most in the real estate space, probably don't fit in that category. No. And and it, I think it has to be like a, a stair step thing. Like you said, going in, there's a lot of time and effort uh, invested, so to speak, in on the front end to get to a place where you can feel like you're making smart choices, right? And then like, even for like, uh, you know, the fran a franchise, for example, we were hoping it would have been a lot more passive than it was and it didn't turn out to be could get to that place, right? Eventually it could get to that place, um, but it takes, it. it's a stair step, right? You have to start where you're a little more involved, a little more hands-on. And then once you have, in, in the franchise example, once you have management in place that can take care of it for you, you're all on the same page, the vision. It isn't completely hands-off at that point because you still check in with them and, and, and whatnot, but you're not having to be as actively involved after that point. Okay. So be cognizant of the potential set it and forget it myth, Rod. Yep. You've also got to be careful about spreading yourself too thin. And this is 100% a challenge. Even when I went to the spa, I was like, Oh, I'm spending too much time over here. Now I wasn't really spreading myself too thin, Rod. Like what I was doing was putting more time over there than I wanted to, mm -hmm. which, which, you know, wasn't where we wanted to put time effort to put that wasn't, that's not our asset, right? Like yeah. it's an asset, but it was not we wanted the asset that we wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to spend my time in the business and let the spa do its thing on the side. Yeah. Um, so it's really easy though, when you start getting out, like spreading your wings and trying to do different things, it can be really easy to get into a situation where uh, you're spreading yourself too thin. So be careful about that. And then as you're investing, Rod, make sure that you're vetting and doing strong due diligence on all your investments. We talk about it over and over. Uh, such a painful story when you hear about people who had a bad experience because the, you know, the people they were working with either 
they were, you know, dishonest or didn't know what they do, what they were doing. Either one of those is a bad scenario. So make sure that you do the due diligence on the front end and then you're good to go. Yeah. And I would say this, um, it is, it's a helpful starting point to look at an operator or an opportunity based on someone else's experience, but don't let someone else's experience or their endorsement of it or whatever be all that you use as your due diligence, right? That has to be the starting point. Then you get in, you look at it and you understand it enough to where you can make a, a an educated decision because just relying on someone else's endorsement by itself is, is not a good idea. Okay, Rod, I just have one final thought. Okay. Maybe it's a question. Do you feel like after this conversation, you have achieved multi-income stream mastery? Mastery in the sense of understanding it. <laughs> okay, you you're saying it. that it's it suddenly hasn't done, it's not like been done for you? Yeah, you have to go do it. Weird. So there okay. is that. Well, but... hopefully this is a good starting point though, right? If yeah. you're thinking about, hey, I've got to get, I've got to get on this multiple income stream um, track. Well, this is a good starting point to do that. I think it's been fun. Rod, yeah. thanks for hanging out with me, everybody. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us today and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.